Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. So we've got the webinar started right now. Um, We're going to wait just a couple of minutes uh, for uh, people to uh, join in and get connected with us. And then we'll be be introducing ourselves and our panelists here, who we're really glad to have. We've already been hanging out with them for a few minutes. I think winter has finally arrived. (laughs) <laughs> here in Missouri anyway. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, we're uh, glad to have you all here for the uh, podcast. Uh, uh, me and Jaden are here at uh, Gamel headquarters in Missouri. My name is Bobby Ware, and I work with uh, tech support here in Gamel. Yes, and my name is Jaden Wiley. I work in sales at Gamel. We're very glad to to be here with everyone tonight and interview both Lewis and Gentry about their quilting journeys and how they use their machine for a successful business. And we're going to start out. Uh, we, well, we're going to start out with uh, Lewis uh, Schaefer, and we also have Gentry Clark with us. Uh, both of these ladies, um, we'll spend a little bit of time asking each of them, just interviewing them and letting them introduce themselves. Um, I do want to tell both of you, ladies, um, Gentry, as we are uh, talking with Lewis. If you, you know, if you want to jump in the conversation, you you have something to add, I want you to feel comfortable and, you know, just jump right in if you have something to add. But uh, we will start out with uh, Lewis Schaefer. Lewis, um, we are really glad to have you with us. Um, uh, let's start out by just tell us uh, where is, uh, where's home for you? Where are you located? Well, now I live in Summerfield, North Carolina. We've been here we moved in 2021 and uh COVID was too much I had to come home to my mother (laughs) (laughs) now Lewis how long have you been long arming well I um got my long arm in um September the retrofit in September of 2022 so I've been long arming a little over a year so you're a relative newbie compared to some of these and you're actually running a business uh at the at this early uh, early stage, right? Yes, Lewis Shaper quilting is in its infancy. Um, it <laughs> it has been quite a labor of love. I go home from my studio over to my house, grinning from ear to ear, thinking how lucky I am that I love what I do so much. As you can tell from my gray hair, I've done more than just quilting, and uh, this is an absolute joy. That is a real blessing. And and that's actually a good thing because uh, we, we strive to have uh, people with different experiences uh, and everything on this podcast. And having somebody that's still in, in you know, relative early stages, uh, you know, as you know, our, our target audience uh, for, for this podcast is a lot of our target audience is people that are starting uh, quilting businesses or, or even thinking about it. 
So getting your uh, perspective, I think will be uh, a valuable thing uh, thing for them. Alex. I certainly think so. Well, given that you only got your machine and started a year ago, what made you decide that you wanted to get into long arm quilting? Well, I love um, sewing. Uh, I, I learned to sew from my granny. I learned to quilt from her sister. Um, my granny had three sisters that never got married. So it's like I had four grandmas on one side. And um, of course, my great aunt who taught me to quilt uh, took a class at the community college in the late 70s, probably, uh, before the rotary cutter was really widespread. And um, she quilted the Georgia Bond steel way all by hand. And I was fascinated. And I wanted to, I wanted to try it. But it wasn't until I was in graduate school that I really actually had a chance to try it. And I made one block <laughs> and that was it. I graduated from school and I went to work. And so when you got your, uh, when you got your long arm to start out, did you get it specifically to go into business or were you doing any personal uh, this pleasure of the quilting or I really did hope to um go into business uh at this stage of my life um my my I have an advanced degree in cartography digital satellite imagery remote sensing GIS and um I needed to be at home um my husband's elderly parents we moved them from Colorado into the house next door and uh we are caretakers of them and so I need to be able to if somebody falls or if I need to cook lunch or if we need to go to the doctor or if I need to run to the grocery store or CVS I, ne I need that flexibility now and this has helped me with that. Wow <clears throat> so Lewis what what made you choose a gamble whenever you decided to get a long arm? Um, well I did a lot of research I um I've worked at a lot of different sewing dealerships. I've sold a lot of different kinds of machines and by far um, quality was what drove my decision. Um, support, education uh, was also secondary and um, a gamble holds its value. My neighbors, um, when I lived in New Mexico, each one had other brands one on one side of me and one on the other side. And um, they were much like a child's toy. Um, my machine will definitely run 24 hours a day, three shifts. It's, it's built to be an industrial machine and um, it, it does the job. I feel like it does anything that I ask it to do as long as I'm smart enough to calibrate it properly. Sure. So did you just, uh, you, you just started out a uh, slam with a, with a Statler machine. Is that right? Yes. I have a Gamel Statler Ascend retrofit. Um, I bought what I bought because uh, I wanted the speed. I wanted the computerization. Um, when I was fresh out of graduate school and still in North Carolina, I ran the plotters for um, North, for the state of North Carolina and the principal 
uh, of a long arm software is the same. I felt confident that I could run it. I just had to learn to think like the software thinks. So the first thing that I did was I took every in-person class that Gamble could offer me in both computerized and hand-guided. And I've been served very well by that education. And you know, every time we talk to somebody, it it always we always encounter this uh the the importance of uh, uh, learning and, and educating yourself on, on how to use these. Uh, but just uh, talk about that for, uh, just a little bit. Do you think the uh, educating yourself has been uh, a key thing with you? Absolutely. Um, I would have to say, okay, so my first quilt, you know, you hear all these horror stories about people who make these gigantic, wonderful, beautiful quilts for the new couple or the niece or the nephew or I don't know, the daughter-in-law or whatever. And the dog ends up sleeping on the quilt. So uh, before I went to any classes, I made my first quilt uh, for my mother's dog because I decided that um, I was just going to go ahead and rip the bandage off. <laughs> and uh, I made a semi-custom quilt for the dog and it was <laughs> I'd like okay. to say it was lovingly made but there might have been some cursing involved <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh it really gave me a, a start so that I could see where I needed to go what I needed to learn how I needed to tweak and I'm happy to say that Dolly my mother's dog uh sleeps on this quilt every day it's washed once a week um it has held it uh it has done everything that it needed to do and um I've watched how the batting worked how the how the stitching has the tie-offs and tie-ons and all that kind of thing it, it was a good way to experiment with nobody being upset so you embarked on your maiden voyage of making a quilt here by making a quilt for a dog and um so, but you put some personal uh, like abuse to this quilt uh, that you've uh, made and been each, able to see the, the nuts and bolts of it. Each block is, each block is different. Um, the, I used the border features and the corners, all the things that, and, you know, I didn't know really how to run the software. I would, um, so baby green girl, you can see her right there. There's baby green girl. Um, yes. I had to fool her. To get her to do what I wanted to do because I didn't know how to think like she thinks. Now I've, I've since learned a thing or two about that, but um, yeah, yeah, I did manage to do it. And then um, I made a small quilt for my stepfather's headrest in his lounge chair. Um, and then my third quilt went into the Keepsake Quilting Catalog. <laughs> so it it went right up right out of the gate very nice well i just want to say one thing um the and also uh talking about fooling the machine into doing what you wanted it to do because you weren't yet as familiar with it as you should be that is one thing working in tech support i talk to people all the time and uh i have found that quite often these uh, these machines have uh, there's a certain intuition about them even if you don't know everything about them it's you can you can there's lots of different ways you can go around and figure out how to do whatever you're trying to do but that being said I agree with you about the education part being very uh, very important uh, 
um, the uh, I think on on gamble.com there's a there are entire courses like uh, uh, Statler new owner training for uh, for Statler is that what it says all machines yeah all the, all the different machines each each one of the different ones but when, but when yeah. Austin came when Austin came to put the retrofit on my machine um, he said that I was one of only a handful of people who had done all the new owner training before he got there so I can't recommend that enough you know that was what allowed me to have a successful result really when I didn't exactly know what I was doing and mm -hmm. um I would have to say to anybody that's tentative because it is intimidating to stand in front of a 30 inch head with a 12 foot machine and I would have bought a 14 foot table but I'd have had to take my kitchen out back over there so I didn't I didn't do that mm -hmm. but um I just decided that um I couldn't hurt it, that it might hurt me, but that I couldn't hurt it. And so just to jump in with both feet and try it. Now, kind of uh, as a rebuttal to that, whenever you got your machine, did you have any idea that there was going to be enough quilts to do in your area to sustain it? No, I didn't. Um, I moved to a very different uh, demographic in Albuquerque. We have no less or had at the time when I left, we had no less than eight quilt shops. Um, the town that I live near now, Greensboro, is the, is the closest town to me and they only have two. But the, the size of the population is about the same size. Um, I did come back. How long home. have you been? How long have you been in uh, North Carolina now? This time we we moved in twenty twenty one. We moved back in twenty twenty one, and um, I would have to say though the first thing that I did was I joined three quilt guilds. I um, and I have two more that I want to join. I think that that has helped, but um, I think the other thing that um, you have to really gauge is these ladies and gentlemen are giving you their baby. These quilts represent hours of planning, hours of preparation, hours of piecing. And I think they have to get to know you well enough to know that they can trust you. I cut my teeth on charity work for Quilts of Valor and charity quilts um, for both for all three of my guilds and that is seems to be a service that all guilds need help with and so that is an excellent way to learn well that is very interesting and would you would you say that the three guilds that you've joined have largely helped you grow your customer base or have you also found any other avenues that were successful in finding more customers? Well, um, I had business card print, business cards printed and I have distributed those around. Um, now I have only done 60 quilts in a year. Um, many of these, uh, I did 30 before I went to Quilting with Confidence, for, before I went to the first Quilting with Confidence, and I've done about 30 since then. Um, and I would have to say that most of those being Quilts of Valor have been done 
given to recipients in ceremonies. So they have been seen by a large amount of people. And um, I also, anytime my guild has something that they need help with, I volunteer to quilt it for free. And I Again. think that that has made a big difference. So do you, you feel like you're, uh, you're getting your name out there uh, more? Do you have, do you have a sense that, that your name's getting out there more? What, what is your well, I, I think so. I think the other thing that has really helped is um, there are several long armors in my area that are also gamel owners and they have been very kind. They have given me advice. They've not seen me as a rival. They also um, oftentimes if they have a large backlog will send more work my way. And um, I have relied on them to send me things that were within my ability to accomplish. Gotcha. I wanted to ask you, uh, moving along in this interview, um, when you first, uh, per when you purchased your Statler, how did you, uh, how did you, uh, did you personally come up with the funds to purchase your machine for the people out there? Well, um, I decided to, finance half and pay half down uh gam will work with me on that and i think it is important that if you decide to finance that you get a company that understands what they're financing um if you look to outside financing if you tell them a long arm quilter they don't what's that they don't, <laughs> they don't get that they, they don't understand that and then they see the price of it especially a new one and they think you're buying a car yeah. Um, so, you know, and there is the other thing that I will say about it is, um, there is no penalty for paying off with this particular finance company that Gamble recommends early. I can pay it off anytime I want to pay it off. And when I bought it, interest rates were low. And on that note, uh, I, you know, I know Jaden works in sale, the sales department, uh, the, Salespeople uh, can probably point you in the direction of, you know, uh, financing and things like that. Also. Yeah, absolutely. And there, those our financing options are also available on our website. You can find them also by going to gamble.com forward slash financing. And just to interject one moment, we have uh, two questions from Holly. Holly first says, "What is quilting with confidence?" Holly, quilting with confidence is. Um, it's kind of our gamble educational road tour where we go to several cities across the U.S. and we bring in machines and gamble educators uh, that do both two-day and four-day sections of, uh, of classes for how to quilt uh, both beginner and advanced techniques. If you're a quilter and can go to Quilting with Confidence, uh, next season, boy, you should definitely go. It's yeah, it's, it, it's a great informative time, and it's just a great time to meet other like-minded quilters uh, and friends in the making. So uh, we will be having a the quilting with confidence tour uh, in person in 2024. We just haven't released the schedule um, for where we will be and the dates for those yet. We 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 did roughly like 30 or so dates uh in 2023 so we went all over the united states and 
there should be an option near you next year when the opportunity arises. So we have those, that those are our in-person classes. And then we also have many online courses that you can buy and have access to on gamble.com. And uh, so, yeah, Holly, just stay tuned. Like us on Facebook under Gamble Quilting uh, and check our website periodically or get connected with us so uh, we can get you those dates and locations whenever we release the schedule for Quilting with Confidence 2024. And Holly's also asking about uh, where you can go for classes. Just uh, go to gamble.com and uh, you can find everything you need on there. You may, if you don't already have an account uh, created, you may need to register an owner's account, which is free and easy. So do that. Okay. So back to Lewis, where are we at here? Um, uh, now you, you said you had a, like a background in cartography and you were, uh, what is that you said you're doing for the state uh, that was, you said it seemed similar to the quilting? I made the, I made the maps for the state. I ran the plotters. And I also worked for a company that rectified aerial photography for enhanced 911 um you know digital imaging and i worked for a company in california that um made in-flight entertainment systems that you know so it runs just like a plotter it runs like a cnc machine it has an x and a y and a z you know i i was pretty confident that that i could learn the software and um make it run my um my learning curve, my big learning curve has been hand guided, quite frankly. Um, these ladies who do this and do custom at this are true artists. Mm -hmm. And um, that comes from a person who's lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where the art community is very large and very varied. And um, my hat's off to them because yeah. they do well, it excellent. I I've just never seen uh, anybody compare uh, cartography and the aerial plotting, you know, to to the uh, the Statler machine. But but it yeah, I can it see exactly sense. what you're talking about. Um, are you still uh, working uh, other than doing quilting right now, or what what's that situation for you? I do. I um I work at a, a gym. I'm a professional trainer and I work in the, in the gym. And I also recently have been called to um, work at a local fabric store. And I did take that job. I think that that has helped in the promotion of my business because the ladies um, now see me at Guild, but they also see me in the store. And we do have uh, several ladies that we recommend for long arm quilting, but I don't really see that as any kind of conflict or, um, you know, competition at all. The other thing that's really good about it is that if you can somehow link into one of your local quilt shops, I don't carry batting. I don't carry backing. I don't have the space and my business is not at a point where, you know, that's a lot of overhead that I don't have to pay for. Um, the, the shop sells those supplies and I'm happy to meet my customers there. That is a kind of a great segue for you into opportunities to get new business and make your life a bit easier. Um, so you said that 
you said that learning and becoming comfortable with hand guided is is a challenge as we know many of these ladies that have been doing it have been doing it for years and years to to get as good as they are so do you mainly just do edge to edge while you're you're honing in your your hand guided skills well i um I practice on I practice on all of it when I don't have um, a paying client. I originally went to undergraduate school to art school, and um, I just didn't quite vibe with what was happening at art school. That's how I wound up in geography. I had maps, hand drawn maps, published in um, a book when I was in undergraduate school, and. Um, it satisfied both needs. But I have to say that even though I have been trained as a painter and a printmaker and I am a seamstress, I've made alterations for a living, that um, when you get ready to manipulate a head on a machine that's that big, and of course, when I took Quilting with Confidence hand-guided in um, Glen Allen, Virginia, no, in um, Memphis, I was in Memphis for that, I think, an 18 inch head and a 30 inch head has a very different feel. And, um, you know, my machine is 30 inches and it has the, um, power assist, but the power assist and taking the belts off have two different feels too. And I think you have to decide what works best for which thing you're doing. You know, if you're feathering, that's different than ruler work. And so, you know, you have to, you have to you have to manage those things there's a lot of variables so um let me ask you do you charge uh, by the hour by the square inch how does how does that how do you have that working in your business well that, this is something that i'm struggling with right now um i charge 0.025 cents to square inch but um cone thread that i buy has gone up dollars uh we have one lady in the area that does the exact same thing for 0.01 cent a square inch and um i don't understand you know i mean i like this this person and um we are convivial acquaintances but i still haven't uncovered the mindset of that. And for me, um, this is not a hobby or a pastime. If I'm going to do business, I want to do business. And so I can see giving my guild members, my fellow guild members, a guild discount, but I can't make it pay at that rate. That is a a great point. You know, you have to find, you have to find that level in which it's worth your time and helps pay for your equipment uh, and and thread cost and, and all these things that are associated with that. So um, have you gotten to a point where you have an understanding of what the average queen size quilt uh, would cost one of your customers if you just did a computerized uh, edge to edge pattern? My average edge to edge on um, uh 60 by 80 is about $120, um, you know, depending on density. 
I did some samples for um, a friend of mine here that was making bags for a fabric designer. And, you know, density on a quilted bag has to be a lot tighter than on a quilt. And of course, if you quilt a quilt really super dense, it can stand up and walk away. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a matter of that, and I'm I'm definitely learning about pricing. You know that these are some of the things that you know are the big learning curve: taxes, yes. how you charge, you know, how do you get more business? What do you you know? These these are things that I'm struggling with. Yes, and and actually, and you know, and I'm glad you're sharing that with us because. Um, you know, uh, for people to see that the things that you're struggling with are the things that the majority of, of people who start out with a business are uh, do struggle with. And, you know, you have to find the balance between uh, knowing what the quality of your work is worth and, you know, and not not overcharging. Uh, I think uh, for the people that are watching, um, it it is beneficial to. Uh, to try to watch all of these podcasts because every person that we have talked to has a take on exactly what you're talking about there, Lewis. So, so yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I want to ask you where we're getting close to where we need to go over to uh, Gentry, but uh, do you, uh, with your business, do you provide uh, any uh, supplies like uh, batting or anything, or you said you, you pretty much don't do I that. Have I can't, I can do that. I do have some of that, but um, I try to run the majority of that through our fabric store because that she can, she can carry a much wider variety of bleached black. Right, right. All natural bamboo. You know, we have all of oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Off. yeah that's and, right I, and so do you um do you do like binding uh piecing backings uh and piecing and things like that i i do bind um and i charge by the linear inch um i do and if i have to cut it for you i, I charge more um i do charge to piece backs and i charge extra if they have a piece back and they want it on a certain way um I do charge a prep for that because you know I have to line all that up and baste it down and get it all you know I I particularly on my own personal quilts like a pieced back I guess I don't like to waste anything so those orphan blocks always have a place to go but um it's a handling fee sure gotcha now um who was your biggest cheerleader or support system in getting started with a long arm my husband has watched me jump off in the cliff into the deep end <laughs> over many many things and I would have to say that he's my biggest supporter when something would go wrong and I couldn't figure it out he would say oh but we can fix it and I would say we who <laughs> but he would encourage me to go back over there and keep trying or call technical technical support and I have to say that that is something they're always there they're always there they always call you back 
they'll always help you. Huge benefit. Well, uh, let me ask you one more thing. Uh, in your uh, limited amount of time since you've started, what, what would be your biggest piece of advice that you could give somebody that's starting out right now? Well, I was raised in a family of educators. Everyone in my family, including me, is taught school. And I believe that knowledge is power and that you should get avail yourself of all the education that you possibly can, the caveat being quality education. Um, YouTube has a host of videos, but the videos are only as good as the person making the video. And I think that it is perfectly reasonable to think that you can do this, that you can earn a living at it. The one thing I will say about my area is there's plenty of work. There, there are plenty of quilts. There are plenty of ladies that, and gentlemen that want things quilted. There's plenty of work. You just have to be able to do the work and be confident about it. Excellent. Well, Lewis, th thank you so much for sharing what you've shared with us. Do you have um, uh, a, a website or email or anything that uh, you'd like to put out there where people could get a hold of you? Or So um, Lewis Schaefer quilting at gmail.com and it's Schaefer the easy way one of everything s-c-h-a-f-e-r and my first name is indeed Lewis l-e-w-i-s like a man I'm named for my great-grandmother and um anyone who would like to contact me if I can help you I want to uh the ladies at the quilting comp with confidence tour in both locations that I went to have been continual friends since I've been there and I'm more than happy to pay that forward to anybody that would like to talk to me. Well, very good. Lewis, thank you so much for answering our questions and, and providing thoughtful insight for the listeners tonight. So Gentry, we'll move over to you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, let's start out with just where are you from? Um, so I currently live in Portland, Indiana. Um, I'm from Ohio, so, um, we moved over here about, uh, probably a year, year and a half ago. So, um, we've, I've, I kind of grew up in Indiana. My grandma lived here and, and we've had our shop in Portland, Indiana for five years now. And how long have you been, uh, involved in, uh, long arming? So long arming, I've been involved the past six years, um, me and grandma originally purchased um, a long arm from somebody near us that was kind of going out of business, didn't want to do it anymore. And um, we had both worked at a previous quilt shop and we really hadn't, um, they went out of business. And so we were like, we need another quilt shop in our town. Um, we heard of somebody that had one for sale. We kind of just jumped in with both feet. We didn't really know a whole lot about what we were doing. <laughs> I think I think owning a shop is definitely continuing you're learning. You never stop learning. Every day is something new. All right. Well, before we move on, I, it, it, I'm just going to ask the question that everybody's asking. You're young enough that I can ask this. You've been long arming for six years. How old are you right now? Mm -hmm. um, I am 18. I just turned 18 in May. 
Well, <laughs> so you you so so you started quilting as a toddler, okay? <laughs> so you can... yeah, so I um I actually started making Barbie clothes on my mom's sewing machine in our basement during the summer. Um, and then grandma was like, why don't you let me take me, take you to the quilt shop? And so she started taking me to the quilt shop and that's kind of where it grew from there. And I was like, always interested in the most, uh, I don't know how to, the most hard thing to do. You know, I was piecing squares and I wanted to learn how to applique. It was like, I wanted to do more, 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 more. And that's kind of where it went. And it was, it's constantly been like that. And I think if grandma was here, she would probably agree with that. <laughs> So you said that you and your grandma first bought a, a long arm uh, from a shop that was closing. Did you guys buy that with the intention of starting a quilting business with it? Or was it more just to continue your guys' shared passion of quilting? Yeah, so we, we bought the gamble from a private individual. Um, and our local quilt shop was going out of business. So that's when we decided we were like, we, we need to put in a quilt shop. So this local individual contacted us and said, you know, I have a, I have a gamble for sale, but um, they, they made us take an embroidery machine with it. And yeah, we, we had no intentions of owning a fabric store by any means. We're like, we're just going to quilt. We're just gonna, you know, we're just going to quilt. And then that kind of grew into, well, then we bought out another quilt shop and then we bought out another quilt shop. And now we have like 5,000 square feet full of fabric and notions and thread and everything you can imagine, like quilters galore, right? Um, and it is, it's, it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, we had no intentions of opening a shop. I think we just wanted to quilt for people. You're basically becoming the monopoly man of, of the quilting world at the <laughs> age of 18. <laughs> yeah. The machine that, that you guys first bought is that the same machine you're using today for your quilting services yeah so um we bought a statler and we are still using our statler to this day um we've upgraded a few things on it you know we've put some new wheels on it um we, we've got a big monitor on um the back wall so you know um so grandma can see better and you know it's kind of nice to have um our customers love to look at that and that's the great thing about um the creative studio you know you can follow along um and watch right where that quilter's quilting it's going to have a red line you can see it and your customers just love to watch that um so yeah we're still we, we're still using that same that same statler and it is it, it's it's definitely going to last a long time i can tell you that they're built to last so when you first started out, and and we had a little bit of this discussion with Lewis, and Lewis, you're you're welcome to jump in anytime if something strikes you. But how did you know you and your grandma know when you first started if there was enough business uh, in your area to support you know another uh, long arm quilter? So the lady that we kind of went to her quilt shop in the summer, um, and grandma and me kind of helped out there and I would be the one cutting scraps. So she was always like backed up two years. <laughs> she had so much business. And, um, so it was like, we knew, and then, and then we had a couple other quilt shops in local counties around us that had gone out and it was like, there's nobody to quilt. Um, so we just knew that there was probably going to be quite more than enough business to go around and like I think kind of like you mentioned you know even if there is other quilters don't don't be afraid to 
like you're not going to step on their toes. There's so many different people out there. And the thing about it is each quilter has their own style. Um, me and grandma definitely have different styles. Um, I like a little bit more dense. She doesn't. So, you know, everybody has their different style. And I think people kind of latch on to that when they meet you, you know. Um, so there's plenty of business to go around. And yeah, I don't, I think that, you know, where we started is we just knew there was going to be enough business, but don't ever be, a, don't ever hesitate to start a quilting business just because somebody else has one started already. Did you, did you guys have to utilize any creative ways to get new customers or did you kind of just absorb the people that were out there in need of a long arm quilter? So I feel like we absorbed a lot of like um, people that had, when she went out of business, I feel like we absorbed a lot of her customers. Um, we also were like a couple of years behind when she closed, but um, I feel like another thing was we've done, we've really pushed really hard to get our name out there. Um, we did quilt shows last year. So um, like one-stop shop hops is what they call them. Um, you might have 20 to 30 quilt shops. That's a great way to get your name out there. And I know it is a ton of work because we did 13 of them last year and it was absolutely crazy. And um, I, I think I'm a little crazy for doing that to myself, but it was really fun. And the people you get to meet is just, it's insane. It's so, it's amazing. It's a great experience. Um, we've also done, I've had a couple local quilt guilds ask me to do demonstrations, pop-up shops. Um, if your quilt guilds have like local days where they come in and sew, like sew days, um, just ask them, you know, hey, can I, can I, come show you what I, my shop has to offer. Um, that's something that we started with. And I feel like we've gained a ton of, ton of traffic from that. So we're also out in like the middle of, like we're in a little town. So, you know, we, I think we have a little bit of an advantage there just because there is nobody else, but yeah, there's definitely ways to get your name out along with social media. Well, it, it almost sounds like even from the beginning, you almost had more customers than you needed. It, it, it have you like yeah. you've like had a whole customers like from the get-go is that kind of accurate yeah we, we've had customers from the get-go um you know I think with anything though you know if you if you take any business classes or you do anything with business you know they always say it takes three years to get started and I feel like after the three years we definitely still seen an incline in things so even though we maybe had customers to start with which was great um and I feel like you're always going to have you always have something to start with. There's going to be somebody who's cheering you on. That's like, I'm going to support you and I'm going to help you get your name out there. Um, so there, there's always somebody, but yeah, I think three years is that mark and you really see a good incline. Um, you know, a couple of our other local quilt shops that are in counties around us. Um, we just did our first shop hop actually last month with them. Um, they only allow so many shop hop or so many shops to be in the shop hop and they do five shops. Well, somebody dropped out. So we got into that and that brought a ton of customers who did not know we were there, which we were absolutely shocked about. Um, so we about had probably two to 300 people that didn't even know we existed from, you know, a 50 mile radius. So that's kind of crazy or a hundred mile radius that didn't know we were there. So it's ever growing. Like it's ever growing. Like it's never stopping. <laughs> that is a, a great feeling to have. And you, you know, you said that you and your grandma kind of, you're doing more now than you ever imagined you would with the amount of fabric and notions and things that you guys carry. Yeah. Um, about how many hours a week do you both spend quilting? Um, so between the two of us, uh, we've kind of, 
So we do commercial embroidery. We do the quilting. Um, at one point we had a classic plus and a Statler. I just got rid of our classic plus um, about three months ago, just because of time, you know, you gotta have time, um, but we love our Statler too. Um, she does all the customs, uh, or no, I do all the customs. She does most of the edges to edge, edge quilts. Um, I'll do some edge to edge here and there, but um, I'm, we each try to, you know, split that hourly. Um, I don't know. She probably, I probably spend two days on the cut, like on a quilt or three days a week. And she spends the other two or three days. So we about split it 50, 50, but you know, when she's not there, she has a doctor's appointment. I'm filling in for her. Um, we both know how to do our jobs and, um, yeah, I feel like we both basically just split equally. I don't know about hourly, but we're in there most days during the week, six, six seven so days a week sometimes. So you say uh, you do most of the, uh, uh, of the custom and she does most of the edge to edge yeah. but what what would you say yep as far as your business what's the ratio of those two happen um i would probably say at least 45 percent custom probably you know the other part it, it's a, it's close to 50 50 um it just depends on the month during the christmas time we get a lot more custom just because i feel like people do more decorative stuff and they want you to bypass that and then you've got to you know make it look a little fancier it's not just a birthday gift yeah. it's, it's you know it's how much more uh so. how much more time consuming is the uh the custom for you than edge to edge would you say um so generally we can get like a king or not king a queen to king um off in a day and a half usually um Customs, that's an edge to edge. So customs, if you're going to do a custom king, oh my goodness, that could take like up to a week. Um, I just did two twin sizes and she wanted each block. They were six inch blocks. Each one of them was an individual pattern. And then there was embroidery in the center that needed um, use the trim tools, what they call it. So that took me about four to five days on each twin size quilt. So that was quite the job, um, but we got those done. It was very special, and she asked really to see the customer's reaction on something like that because it does. It adds so much to the quilt. Um, it was it was incredible. It was awesome. So given that uh, the the stark differences between custom and edge to edge, how does your guys' pricing differ between those two services? Yeah, so we charge two and a half cents per square inch for edge to edges. Um, that doesn't include batting, binding, anything like that. Um, I know Lewis mentioned that she upcharges for putting uh, piecing backings or anything like that. So we don't charge piecing um, backings. We don't charge for that. We don't charge for loading. We don't charge for extra thread. And I know some people do, and some of our other cool shops in surrounding counties do. Um, it's just personal preference. Um, so I feel like we might have like a slight, like couple cents difference, like in the quilting. I feel like that kind of covers for like all of the labor that we're doing. Um, so yeah, two and a half cents for the edge to edge, you know, and then you've got to add in batting, binding, all that stuff. Um, and then for custom, that's when it kind of gets like, it very much varies on what we're doing. Um, so it could be three and a half to five cents per square inch, depending on if you're going to put three different borders of how many times do I need to turn the quilt? Um, you know, because you want to work inwards and then go out so that way you know you want it to look nice so that's I think a general rule of thumb so um it, it really just depends you know is every block different or am I just doing an edge to edge and borders 
it it very much depends. How much is an average uh, edge to edge quilt and a average uh, custom quilt? Would you say just off the top? So of your an head? average queen, a queen size edge to edge is anywhere from um you know queen sizes there's no one set number that makes it a queen so right. we'll say 180 to 220 ish for a for a normal queen size um just for the quilting part and then if you're going to do a custom um oh gosh um, i will say that the twins we just did were about about three 300 a piece so, and that was custom and one of them was four and a half and one of them was five. Um, I had three color changes on one. I had no color changes on the other. Um, so, and one of them had the blocked out trim and then the other one didn't. So it, it, it very much varies for the, the customs a lot harder to judge. You just have to really watch your hours and, you know, you be upfront with your customer on, you know, this is, you know, if you want custom, it, it's a little bit more costly. So they just need to keep that in mind. So you don't want to scare them with the price because you can you can get a lot of money wrapped up with that. Yeah, uh, we have a question from Debbie. She asked, um, do you charge per square inch for custom quilting? And I believe you said you charge between three and a half to five cents per square inch for custom quilting. Yep. Was that correct? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so um, generally just doing a border, if I do like one or two borders, um, I'll just charge the three and a half because that means I'm only, I'm not changing thread colors. I'm not doing anything extra. I'm just turning the quilt. Um, and that's the way I've been taught to do it. I'm sure there's other ways. Um, yeah. So, another, yeah. Well, it depends on a lot of the intensity that you're doing there. Uh, about yeah. how, how many quilts a year do you, um, do you crank out? So I believe in 2022, um, COVID weirdly, um, oddly, um, grew us a lot. Um, I feel like we got a lot more business from that just because people were at home. They didn't have anything to do. Um, I feel like in 2022, we we about did two, 290 quilts is roughly. But, you know, sometimes you can get three baby quilts on and off in a day, just depending on how motivated you are. Um, so don't, I, I would say as a starting quilter, don't expect to do that many because that's very, some, sometimes I think that's very unrealistic because there's years that we've done, you know, 180, you know, it, it just, it just depends. And, and sometimes one year, this year, we've had a lot of baby quilts, to be honest. And in past years, sometimes we've had like, they're all kings. So I think it just depends, you know? So with, with that, you know, you, you mentioned baby quilts a lot. Do you guys have a minimum charge for long arm quilting? We don't. And a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I think we might, we maybe should. Um, but, you know, the, the kind of way that I think of it is I'm not going to charge somebody so much more just because it's a small quilt, um, especially when, you know, they're a, reoc a reoccurring customer. Um, I like to treat all my customers the same. So even if it's only a $50 quilt it still means just as much the business means just as much to me as it does if it was a $400 quilt um because you know good good business you're you're building that relationship with your customer and you're and they're going to be returning is what you want and you want a happy customer so and yes. uh, we have a question that somebody's asking uh do either of you charge a consult fee so um we, we don't 
usually we have people call and I tell a lot of our customers just to call same thing when we do a machine like selling of Janome machines um call make sure um that because we do have other people that work for us and sometimes we're in and out of the office on some days so call make sure we're there um I don't charge a consult fee um usually when they're ready to bring the quilt in they're buying backing batting letting us do their binding um and I feel like that's 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 enough um I I don't feel the need to charge them a consult fee when it's taking me five minutes of my time when they're going to buy everything from me. Um, so I feel like I feel really grateful that all of our customers are able to do that. You know, we're, we're able to provide that for them. Of course. Now, Lewis. I, I don't charge, a, um, a consult fee, but I have found that, um, when I talk to them about selecting a pattern, if they don't have something in mind, um, there's a thing in psychology called the paradox of choice, which means too few selections makes you as unhappy as too many. And when they come and look and they see all these patterns that I have, that psychological trigger happens. And so generally I try to get them to narrow before I ever start showing them anything so that we have a smaller window because if I if I just start showing them their eyes crossed and then they're all done they they just can't make a decision so you know it's, I, that's a tricky thing I, I would I would totally agree with that um we we actually um this is something that we did um we have a binder I printed off you can go to on the creative studios you can go and print out like all your patterns that you have we went and al alphabetized them in a binder and I will say that more often than not if you have samples hanging on your wall with good you know good quilting patterns you got one for each season I will say that we we do more quilts with just just those patterns that are hanging on the wall because people get overwhelmed really quick so always I feel mm -hmm. like having a recommendation in mind is is always a good thing so I kind of agree with that a lot. <laughs> we have another question from the same listener asking what you both charge for binding. So Lewis, you can go first. So but, uh, I know you mentioned earlier okay. that you provided that service, both of you. Gentry, go ahead, hon. No, okay. Um, <laughs> um, so it's 0 0.009 cents. I don't know what that equals out to, but 0 0.009 cents um, per square inch. So roughly like a, a twin to twin to full size, maybe queen cost about $45. We do them all by machine. So we don't do any by hand anymore. Um, we use invisible thread um, and we, each of the girls who work for us, we've worked really hard with them to make sure that all of our seams are in the ditch on the other side. So they look just as good as hand binding um, and they get looked over before we send them out. So I need to come take a class. <laughs> yes. You too. How far of a drive are you from uh, Indiana, Lewis? <laughs> I'll travel. <laughs> I'll, if, somebody will, if somebody will help me. Really, really great looking. Um, I, I do, I do do it. Um, I charge for it. I charge 35 cents a linear inch because I hate it. Um, and I like it sewn down by hand 
on the opposite side because I think it looks better and I'm looking for a way to do that successfully by machine in a in an acceptable way for my customers who are more discriminating. And I will say that as far as education, um, not only do we have the uh, uh, the purchasable video courses on uh, gamble.com, but you can also purchase one-on-one -on -one time with uh, our GAML educators. And uh, specific questions like, like that that you're talking about, Lewis, are beneficial. You can get an hour. Do you know how much an hour is? It's $59 for an hour with the educator of your choice. So anyway, just throw it. But when you buy when you buy your machine, you get one for free. That is correct. That's exactly right. So yes. you know, questions like that that you really just want uh, extensively uh, elaborated on, you get the opportunity or or can purchase the opportunity to to talk with an expert on that who also quilts for a business. Now, going back to you, uh, Gentry. Uh, as you and your grandmother have been in business for about five years, I'm sure you're still looking to to grow your business and and reach new heights every year. What are what are some of the hardest things you've encountered in growing your business? Yeah, so I would say probably one of the hardest things um, about growing our businesses sometimes it's hard to market get like so we do sometimes monthly sales and i feel like sometimes it can be hard to market those sales to get people in your store um because some our target audience um per se sometimes they don't like to use email a lot of them don't have facebook um so or instagram so sometimes it's really hard to you know market that sale and so if you have a country register in your state i would highly recommend investing um in some of their ads um that has been a huge help because people they're free they have a great stuff in them um put some coupons in there put your monthly sales in there um that's been probably one of the most challenging thing is just trying to market those sales and get it out there because you may only have one customer that comes in every two months so sometimes you need to you know you got to kind of think outside of the box there how how to get that out there yeah, that's true. I totally agree with in and being in tech support and talking with so many people. A lot of the people in the gen in the quilting generation are not super tech savvy. And uh in, in our in our area we have a paper called the the horse trader, you know, and uh that a lot of people <laughs> use, you know, the more the old timers uh might might be exposed to. So, so yeah, I can, I can relate to some of what you're saying there. We have another question here from Holly. She asks, when quilting, do you both sit or stand? And if you do sit, is there a specific type of chair that you use? Well, so, I put, so um, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I put, I put hydraulics on my machine for that exact reason. Um, it does make it easier on your back. I can sit or stand. And, um, you know, as my learning curve has been steep, sometimes I do have to take things out. And when I have to take things out, 
um, is painful on my back. And so to be able to move the machine up or down, depending on, you know, if I'm sitting, if I'm standing, how can I readjust? How far am I reaching? I, I think that hydraulics are a very, very nice feature. So Gentry, um, actually go ahead and, and answer that question if you have any input. So we do not have hydraulics on our machine and that's something I've wanted to get for a really long time um, considering that my grandma was extremely short compared to how tall I am and I'm not that tall but she's just shorter than I am. So um, yeah, I've wanted hydraulics. So I would say it sounds like it's a good investment. Um, I've never heard anything bad about it, but as far as I've always stood, my grandma stands all day. Um, and if you don't, if you don't want to get the hydraulics or maybe you can't afford them, um, look into some type of memory foam mat. Um, we got a really nice squishy one from Home Depot and I know that has saved our back tons of times. Um, there's not really a good chair. Um, there are some saddle chairs out there for posture that I've, I do have one and it, it, depending on what you're doing, if you're doing custom, it, it's okay to use, but as far as it's really hard to sit while you're doing an edge to edge, so. Well, Gentry, um, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Let me ask you a question. Who, is, who has been your biggest cheerleader uh, through all this, would you say? So I would say probably my entire family. I mean, obviously, um, my grandma, she's been a huge, a huge help. Um, she put forth that money to buy our gamble to start. So that was huge. Um, my parents, my brothers and well, my sisters and sisters and brothers-in-law, um, they all support our business. Um, you know, they're always interested in what I'm doing, whether it's getting t-shirt quilts made or um, baby blankets or, you know, anything embroidered. It, it's, it's always support from everyone. Um, my boyfriend, their family, getting him stuff embroidered. So it's it's everyone, you know. Um, everyone's everybody wants to see you succeed. That is great. And now, Gentry. Lastly, um, as a young entrepreneur, you know, running this quilt shop with your grandma and quilting uh, at eighteen years old, what has the the money this has brought you and the flexibility that this type of business offers you how has that impacted your life yeah so i would say the money and the flexibility i would say probably um probably what i'm most grateful grateful for is flexibility um i can get off when i need to i can um you know come home make supper do whatever um, get all those things done. I can, I can take a vacation if I want to. Um, I've got to do a lot of traveling, um, owning the business, just doing business trips and traveling, um, through Janome, through Gamel, I've done the retreat, um, the Quilting with Confidence tour, I think in 2022, maybe, or, or 2020, I'm not sure, no, 2020, I don't remember. Anyways, I did the one in, in Pennsylvania, and that was super fun, so I've done a lot of traveling, so, I would say the flexibility and the traveling has been huge for me. Um, I love to travel. So, yeah. And I'll tell you, they still remember you from your visit at the, at the Quilting <laughs> with Confidence in Hershey. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> guys, it, is, it has been such a pleasure to, to visit with both of you tonight and hear your stories. And we're just so thankful for you joining us and, and talking to everybody listening from home. 
Yes, it's it's been great uh, meeting both of you and and talking with you, Lewis. Thank you so much for joining us. You you uh you have had a valuable and unique perspective that I think has really helped uh, the listeners of our podcast today. And Gentry, you, from your starting out as a toddler and uh, continuing on, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, we are we've been very glad to have you. <laughs> Thank now, you so much. Um, <laughs> you guys you. both uh, feel free to repeat how people can get a hold of you one last time, how they can find uh, both of you. So, yeah, start with you, Lewis. Um, Lewis Schaefer Quilting at gmail.com. And my phone number is 505-933-3874. Uh, what about you, Gentry? So you can find us on Facebook at Grandma. And then the letter N, me, Quilton, quilting without the G. Um, and then and our phone number is 260-726-2717. Very good. Well, thank you both. That, that gives an opportunity for the listeners tonight and future listeners of this episode to, to reach out to you both. Uh, and that is the least we can do for you joining us this evening. Yes. And I do want to tell our listeners, um, uh, any of the resources that we talked about on GAML, you, you can pretty much get uh, get in touch with uh, all of our GAML resources on GAML.com, including our, our business uh, package and the education materials. Correct. So I encourage you to go to GAML.com for that. And with that, are we done? We're done. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?